Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rise and Thrive podcast for the 20-somethings by a 20-something, where we talk about being a goal-getter in today's modern world as a 20-something-year-old woman, because let's face it, it's hard. I'm here to share stories of growth and resilience as we all navigate through adulthood. I'm so glad you're here, and let's get on with today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Rise and Thrive podcast. I'm really excited because I have one of my dearest friends on the podcast with me, and we're going to talk about mental health and all of the crazy things that come along with being your 20s. So I have Sarah White here with me. Just a little background. We've been friends since we were in like kindergarten, and we're both 25 now and still clearly hanging out like all the time. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Kenz. Um, my name is Sarah White, like Kenzie said. I am 25. Um, I served as Miss New Hampshire 2022 last year. Um, I'm a nursing student, mental health advocate, and yeah, I'm just trying to get through my 20s like everybody else. So I'm very excited to be here. We have a famous queen in our <laughs> in our presence so this is going to be really fun you're gonna make me blush i when sarah won miss new hampshire i actually distinctly remember because i also competed with her that year that was the first year i came back from my like i don't know six or seven year hiatus Mm -hmm. from the program and i was standing next to another person who's in the top 10 Brene dubis and i was literally squeezing her hand (laughs) like literally wishing for every ounce of my being for sarah to win miss new hampshire and when she did i think i cried more than anybody else (laughs) I still watch the video back and like watching your reaction and honestly just a lot of the girls reactions is like my favorite part of the video half the time I don't even watch like me and Emily standing up there it's literally just like the girls in the back because I just love y'all so much it was so good um yeah so today's gonna be really fun because we're gonna talk about all the important things I told Sarah before we started that we were going to take a moment of silence to honor um matthew perry who passed away uh sarah and i are huge friends fans so we felt it was necessary to take a moment of silence to remember matthew perry so we're gonna do so all right and the moment's gone we love you yes we actually were just watching friends before we got on the podcast because it's just it's so sad to lose somebody that even though we don't know personally, we felt like we knew. So, and that kind of segues into what we're going to talk about today. But first we start the podcast with a high, a low, and a goal for the week. So do you want to go first? Sure. I'd love (laughs) to. Um, So my high for the week is, and don't come at me for this, but I decorated for Christmas yesterday because I just think that the more time you have to celebrate, the better. So I decorated my house for Christmas. Um, my low for the week is I have to get an injection. So that's no fun. And then my goals for the week is I've been trying to answer uh, at least 50 nursing questions, like NCLEX questions a day. Um, For anyone who doesn't know for nursing, you have to take a board exam, a national licensure exam. And so I am three months out just about from graduating my program. So I'm trying to hunker down and answer those questions. Yeah, I remember those days. It was not fun. <laughs> no fun. Um, So for me, my high for the week is I actually also decorated for Christmas yeah. yesterday. Um, At the time we're recording this, it's November 2nd. <laughs> so 
November 1st, I decorated for Christmas, which is super out of pocket for me because I love the fall and Halloween is my favorite holiday. But I was feeling a little down on Wednesday, so and kind of on Halloween as well. So I kind of took that opportunity to bring some joy. So I'm currently staring at the stockings that are hanging on my mantle, which is crazy that we're in Christmas time, but that's mm-hmm. that that's a high. Um the low, like I said, it was a rough couple days. But we're getting back into it. I have today off from work, so that was much needed. Um, And the goal for the week, for me, it's to maintain a positive attitude going into the weekend. I have to work this weekend. And for those who work in healthcare, know that sometimes weekends can be crazy. Energy is running high. um, And overall, just sometimes not a good time. So my goal is to maintain a positive attitude going into my shifts this weekend. So... I don't know. Sarah Sarah knows what it's like to um work in healthcare on a weekend and sometimes it's not great, but we're gonna make it we're gonna make it happen. I think that's a good goal. Yeah. The more positive mindset you have going into the weekend, the better you're gonna you know, if Agreed. you go in with a negative mindset, you're just setting yourself up to be in a negative mindset. Agreed. So. And I am lately at least super big into mindset and am super big into like changing how I think about things and I've talked about it a few times about my mindset cohort on Thursdays and really just kind of changing my perspective on things so it's not always easy it's definitely easier said than done but we we get through it so but diving right in to our conversation so like Sarah said she is a mental health advocate and I knew that one I wanted to have Sarah on the podcast because we're like best friends and she relates to a lot of the things that we talk about on the podcast, especially being 25, because as we know, being 25 is just not fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's a weird time. I'm currently signing up for insurance because I turned 26 in February and I need to get my own insurance, which is not fun. But when I was thinking about reasons why I wanted her on the podcast, mental health was obviously the first thing that came to my mind. Not only because of the work Sarah's done, but because she is the person that I think can be so empathetic towards everybody that she just understands situations that even if she doesn't quite understand what you're going through, it's always just finding an outlook and a way to make things better. And so I've definitely leaned on Sarah a lot through a lot of things. Sarah's literally been there through it all, like the most traumatic things that anyone could ever experience that I've experienced has been there through it all. So she was the perfect person to have to talk about mental health, which is a conversation that we need to have anyway, because it's very important. So I'm going to let Sarah Mm -hmm. take over and talking about the importance of talking about mental health and why in our twenties, it's even more so important because we're going through so many life changes. Yeah. I, well, thank you. I, that's so sweet of you to, to say, I mean, I just, I have had my own mental health things that I've had to deal with, you know, my, as long as I can remember, like before I even really had any conscious memory, like my mom was, you know, later in life talking to me about how she was bringing me to the doctor, trying to like find outlets for my anxiety and this and that and the other thing. And, um, I, I have dealt with anxiety for my whole entire life, but I also kind of in high school started experiencing depressive symptoms. And, um, I was also chronically ill. Um, so without a diagnosis, which just affected my mental health even more. 
Um, so I really had a poor outlook on life and just the way that, you know, I, I was thinking about things and the way that I was processing things. Um, because I really didn't have an outlet. I didn't really know who to talk to, what to talk about. Um, I was just kind of internalizing everything, which didn't make anything easy. Um, but you know, as I, as I got older, things got really bad in college. Um, and I lost a lot of weight. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I had all these like symptoms that I was trying to like hide from everybody. Um, and then eventually I couldn't really hide it anymore. (laughs) So, um, I, I ended up seeking help and now I have counseling appointments every other Wednesday, uh, from one to two, like there, there are certain things that I need to do in my life to keep it very like to the T like I schedule my counseling appointments for the same time every single or every other week. Um, you know, if, if that gets messed up, like I have to find a, another thing. I journal a lot. Um, I've recently discovered an app called Finch, which I oh absolutely gosh. love. Sarah got me hooked on this app. Okay, let me just like this is not sponsored, by the way. It Finch, be, if you want to sponsor us, we're here. Um, Sarah showed me this app, and I'll let her explain what the app is. But I just can't get over how cute my my little bird. His burb. name Burb. Yeah, not bird, but the deep Burb with a B. Um, his name's Hedwig, and he's literally. <laughs> She is so cute because I chose Hedwig's pronouns before I chose the name. So Hedwig is a girl, um, identifies she, her, are her pronouns, but um, it's just so, it's just such a good app. Yeah, it's fantastic. So Finch is basically, it's a self-care app, but you're trying to grow your verb. And so my verb's name is Celery. Um, (laughs) That started because my sister named hers Lettuce. And so I just felt like it was fitting. Um, but then you can invite people into your tree. So I have Kenzie in there. I have my sister in there. I plan to keep adding more people into my tree. Um, but you go through Finchy Forest and (laughs) it's so good. You just like, you pick self-care things that you're going to do for the day. So one of them is literally get out of bed. And the last one is literally survive the day. Like, you know, so, but then there's things in there. Like I schedule my laundry for Tuesday every week and I make sure that, you know, I'm doing the self-care things that I want to do in the morning, like taking a shower, washing my face, brushing my teeth, like those things. And you get energy points. And when you get enough energy, then your burb gets to go through Finchy Forest and go on an adventure and you get prizes and everything. But it's just been a really great way. Like, I feel like ever since I've started to use the app, I've been very like on top of my self-care because I want to grow my burb, you know? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. um, I just think that it's it's been a great way like to hold myself accountable as far as self-care items go. And, you know, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm not going to check off every single one every day. But it's just a nice reminder to, you know, get up and do something. <laughs> so It's so cute. Like, Hedwig literally brightens my day. Mm-hmm. She sends me notifications. I have her as a widget on my home screen. <laughs> so she goes on adventures. Um, and it's just nice if you're a type A or if you're an Enneagram 3 like I am. Again, I'm doing a lot of self-discovery, so I know exactly what Enneagram I am. I'm an Enneagram 3 wing 2, if anyone knows what that means. Um, But I'm a very type A personality, so checking things off my list is rewarding. Mm -hmm. And even when I forget to do it, like when I remember, I'm so excited to, like, check the things off my list. Like, 
I made my bed today. I switched out my sheets and made my bed today. So like wow. Hedwig is going on an adventure. Yes. Because she's so excited. I love that. And then Hedwig, she's going to discover something new. Yes. And then she's going to come back and you get to figure out what she discovered. And mm-hmm. then she can go on another adventure. And then I get visits uh. from Celery. And our other friend Haley, also I had sent the app to her and she joined. And oh. she joined the day after Matthew Perry had passed away. So she named her Burb Chandler. Oh. Yes. Per my request, of course. Because oh, <laughs> I was like, you need to do it. But that's honestly like finding the little things that just make your day and your life so much easier to handle mm-hmm. is huge. And like one of the things that I think is really important when we're talking about mental health in your 20s is that, at least for me, and I know a lot of people our age who are graduating college and are getting into their careers, like you're just so goal oriented and you're just going and going and going all the time that you forget to take care of yourself in like Mm -hmm. the most simple ways, like just giving yourself a break. Like I, again, am type A and I schedule out my life to a T, but I often forget to schedule breaks for myself. And then that snowballs into having really bad days like I had yesterday. Mm -hmm. And thankfully Tyler knew that, you know, I just needed a break. And, you know, that's why we decorated for Christmas. We wore matching PJs and did all the things. But I think that we are good about talking, or at least for the most part, are decent at talking about mental health. But we forget that that includes taking care of us. And if you're anything like me and you're an Enneagram 3, you're an obliger, you're a type A person, and you are so invested in other people, you forget to invest time in yourself and that's just I think the hardest part of being a goal-oriented person who works full-time is preparing for a big event and is trying to reach the other goals that they aspire to reach you forget that like I need a break Mm -hmm. so I think honestly that's at least for me I don't know if you feel the same way that's like the hardest part about dealing with mental health at this age yeah definitely and you know I there's some work to be done when it comes to that like you know mental health is something that doesn't discriminate it can really affect anybody at any time whether it's grief or anxiety or you know there's situational things that happen or you know there's biological ways that mental health comes up and so you know there are so many ways that it kind of can present itself and I think it's it you know, we're both in healthcare, we both compete in pageants, like we're both, you know, we're very similar in that way, I think. But, you know, I think pageantry specifically teaches you to be goal oriented. Mm -hmm. And when you're already a goal oriented person, (laughs) there's like already, there's always something to like strive for something Mm -hmm. to go for, you know. And I don't know if you in school learned about like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But Mm -hmm. so it's like something that explain I will. So (laughs) The bottom, it's like, it's a pyramid, it's a triangle, and the bottom is, like, the basic, basic necessities. So, like, food, shelter, water, you know, like, and there's more than that, but, like, and then it keeps going up. But the top is, like, self-actualization, like, self-realization, and that's when, like, there's been research done that no one actually hits that because everyone's, like, our society is very keen on, like, always having another goal. So once you hit a goal that you imagine having, you're still going to create another goal. Dang. Yeah. Which is crazy to me 
Like that's crazy to think about. So there's this Maslow's hierarchy of needs that, you know, if you don't have the bottom rung, then you can't climb the ladder is essentially how it works. But even when people get to the last rung before they get to like the top of the pyramid, there's just research that like people don't get there because they're like just always trying to find another goal. They're always trying to find like they're never like satisfied. Wow. Yeah. I'm like mind blown Uh huh. because I feel that mm-hmm. because I've often thought about like and I'm and as somebody who's already achieved the goal of Miss New Hampshire, I'm sure you think about this all the time. I've often thought about like when Miss New Hampshire's done and I'm done competing, like what am I going to do? Yeah. And I'm sure you feel that. And I've known if we've talked about that, like, and you always have goals outside, like you're going to be a nurse soon. And that's a huge goal. I'm already in my career. Like I have goals Mm -hmm. to be further and get board certified and all of this, but it's just like, yeah, you work so hard towards something. And I talked about this with the imposter syndrome episode is you work so hard towards something, then it happens. And you're like, I don't know what to do with my life. Uh-huh. That's how I felt. <laughs> That's how I felt after residency. I mean, yeah. a little bit after pharmacy school, but I knew that I had residency after. But then after residency, I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, I still had Mr. Hampshire and I still have like pursuing board certification and having a full-time job. But it's just like I, you spend six years in school, a year post-graduating residency and then you're just like, okay, you're like a fully competent pharmacist now. Mm-hmm. Off you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's so. I mean, I competed for the job of Miss New Hampshire for quite a long time. Like, I first got on the stage when I was eight. And then, like, you know, that was the preteen program and then went into the teen program and the Miss program. And, like, once I finally, after it, it was my sixth time at Miss New Hampshire, and, you know, I finally realized, like, had earned the job that I had been working for for all this time but previous to that I had to do a lot of work as far as that goes because I wasn't mentally prepared to go into Miss New Hampshire saying like this is the end all be all like I had to create goals for myself outside of Miss New Hampshire because if I didn't win then like what else was gonna you know like I so I was in school um I was fully prepared to like I was supposed to graduate last March. I took a year of deferment through my years in Miss New Hampshire. Um, but, you know, I, I had to create, like, all of these outside goals for myself because I knew that, like, at the end of the day, whether I won Miss New Hampshire or not, it was going to be over at some point. Like, the job doesn't last forever. It's a year-long job. Mm-hmm. And so whether I was going to compete again for the title or whether I was going to be giving it up in a year, um, I needed to have a plan you know, and I have a wonderful boyfriend. I got a cat, Willow, that I absolutely (laughs) love. Um, I was in the middle of nursing school. What I'm more concerned about now, because I did so much work there, I'm worried about what's going to happen when I graduate. Because they and they're like, (laughs) so many people say like, you have so much free time on your hands. Like you can watch the shows that you want, you can read a book, you can do this, you can do that. And I'm sitting here like, I don't want all this free time. Like I, I'm I like, what do, fill what do I do with my time? Like, I don't like to sit there and do nothing. Like mm-hmm. I'm someone who really likes to be busy and like constantly doing something. 
And so I'm worried about like how I'm going to fill my time when I graduate. And so, um, and also like imposter syndrome, like I, it's so real dealt with imposter syndrome through my years miss new hampshire i was always like someone else could do a better job like that was that was always like in the back of my mind it was like am i really cut out for this like why did i win how did i win <laughs> like thank you but i don't know i just always questioned like the decisions that i was making and you know i had a wonderful year as miss new hampshire i loved my years miss new hampshire but when that was over now it's going into like the nursing thing and like you know i'll do a residency program likely of you know six months or something like that but it's like when you get the license and you pass am I really cut out for this like (laughs) you know I'm already questioning that and I haven't even taken the licensure exam yet so um it's it's definitely just like all the circles turning in the brain and it's normal (laughs) to feel that way because I definitely did too and like I through my like journey of self-reflection recently in the last couple months and self-discovery like my goals after I'm done competing for Miss New Hampshire are different than what I would assume they would be like I want to get married like Mm -hmm. I want to have a family like in a long time from now because I'm 25 so nobody (laughs) come at me I'm I'm saying a long time from now um like things that I initially didn't really think as goals are now goals because I've met a lot of my goals and yes I want to get board certified and yes I want to have my dream job but for right now I'm just content which Mm -hmm. is very strange but I also like need to fill up my schedule with things which is why I started the podcast because I had free time (laughs) (laughs) which I actually don't really have (laughs) but it was also an outlet so it's just it's a crazy feeling because being 25 is weird like you know that I forget what the name of the song is but you know the song it's like nobody likes you when you're 23 yeah okay but I feel like it's should not be by no- blink 182 yes yeah. <laughs> I think nobody like nobody likes you when you're 25 either yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird age to be at because I still feel like a teenager and also like so far removed from 18 like I was looking at something 18 was seven years ago don't even tell that's me that. so weird to me you know what I mean like yeah. it's and so it it's just like that awkward age where you're like having to like learn how to be an adult but you're also still kind of like a baby adult but you're yeah. you're like an adolescent adult now yeah and it's weird <laughs> <laughs> all right so transitioning a little bit into what I think is the most important part is like recognizing in yourself when you need to put your mental health first and I find that very hard as somebody who's very busy so what do you think slash what are your words of advice as our premier mental health advocate the first thing is I think recognizing it in yourself so you know there there's certain things that you can look for um So according to Change Direction New Hampshire, there are five signs to look for in somebody else, but I also think you can recognize them in yourself, um, which are personality change, poor self-care, agitation, withdrawal, and hopelessness. So, you know, kind of recognizing that 
something's not right within yourself based on those five signs of emotional distress, I think can be a good first step. Um, Afterward, talking to somebody about it. So whether it's your primary care physician or, you know, you get, uh, typically you have to get a referral to a counselor, which is frustrating, but you can get it in so many various ways um, that I I think that talking to somebody about it is is important. Um, As I had said before, I'm a big believer in in counseling, whatever that looks like for you, uh, whether it's talk therapies, CBT, um, there are so many different modes of counseling that your, your mental health professional should be well-versed in. There are also different counselors that deal with different things. So there are grief counselors. My counselor is a little bit more generalized for, you know, anxiety, depression, OCD, things like that. Um, there are people who specialize in ADHD, you know, so there are just so many different counselors, um, that specialize in different things that, you know, find one that's a good fit for you. I went through like 12 counselors before I found one that I actually worked with, worked well with. So it, it took a while, but also in your mid twenties, like you become responsible for yourself, which Mm -hmm. is hard because, (laughs) um, but I also think it's important that you have a good support system Mm -hmm. because if you have other people recognizing signs in you that you can't necessarily see in yourself, um, that's important too. You know, a, a lot of my mental health journey, yeah, I ha- I've had to work hard for where I am now compared to where I was. Um, I had to, I hit rock bottom, honestly. But I also had a lot of people around me who helped me get through it, who encouraged me to go to counseling, who, um, you know, told me it was okay if I needed extra help taking medication, things like that. And so, um, you know, I, I have very much benefited from medication, but I'm also a big believer that a pill is not a skill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tell myself, like, if I'm on medication, I see my counselor, like, you know, I have to work on coping skills along with medic, you know, the help for the medication that mm-hmm. my body is just not producing the serotonin, man. Yep. <laughs> so, um, th- recognizing your, recognizing it in yourself and then asking for help. Um, it, it's hard. It's not an easy thing to do, but it can really change your life for the better. So I just think it's so important. It is. And I, even though I'm a pharmacist, I agree that medication is not the end all be all. And honestly, a lot of my practice is like recommending lifestyle changes and like holistic remedies first not so much like holistic like herbal Mm. things but holistic as looking at the bigger picture versus a pill fixing everything Mm -hmm. so that's that's honestly such good information especially what you said about recognizing the signs that you recognize in someone else recognizing them in yourself Mm -hmm. because we often forget to do a self-audit and I think we need to do that like Frequently, like mm-hmm. multiple times a day. And my verb, <laughs> Hedwig, <laughs> is a great example of yeah. that because he she sends me notifications. Right. And she's like, how are you doing today? And I have to pick a – it's either like a smiley face or like a sun or rain or whatever mm-hmm. on how I'm feeling. And it makes me actually think like, oh, what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not just this emotionless robot going through my day and 
checking things off a box and meeting all the tasks I have to do for the day. Like I'm a person first and foremost, and I need to take care of myself that way. And I think what makes it even harder in your twenties is you have responsibilities mm-hmm. now and which are stressful in themselves right (laughs) literally and so you have to recognize that okay I have a responsibility to go to work today but if I'm truly not able to be at work then I need to put myself first and especially for people like us who literally have other people's lives in our hands we have to be on our a game Mm -hmm. and if you are not on your a game like it is okay and I know that that's easier said than done and some people have managers that aren't supportive in that way I'm thankful that mine are but it's it's hard to remember that balance and really just like be be sure that you're taking care of yourself first Mm -hmm. like you over all of the priorities like it's you up here along with your family and the people who are important to you and then work or you and the people who are important to you and then competing in pageants. Yeah. Like, you are above anything else that's happening in your life. You and your family are first priority, in my mind. And that's hard to recognize. Yeah. Especially when you're, like, going into your first full-time, mm-hmm. like, real big person job. Yeah. It's hard to see the the separation when you're trying to achieve a goal and you want nothing more than that goal. But at the end of the day, like, you know work will replace you like mm-hmm. the the these things can be replaced but like you can't be your family can't be yep. you know like the the people who are important to you like they they're the ones that like are going to uplift you when you're having a hard time and you know and so while work might be important to you and your career might be important they're always like you know i i agree that they're always more important Mm-hmm. like abby lee once said everyone's placeable in your workplace <laughs> not in your life in your workplace everybody's placeable mm-hmm. because if if something happened to you what are they going to do they're literally going to hire somebody new mm-hmm. so put yourself first yeah and you are at the top of the pyramid yeah i like that analogy like i'm just on a dance mom's kick right now <laughs> <laughs> i haven't watched dance moms in so long but you're at the top of the pyramid like Maddie was always at the top of the period. You are Maddie. (laughs) (laughs) And then work is like maybe in the third row. Yeah. You and your family in the top of the pyramid. I agree. And your pets, because those are important too. Of course. Of course. Willow, definitely. Sometimes my cat comes before me, actually. I like. That's valid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, she's fed. I'm good. (laughs) She's happy. I'm happy. I mean, it's very valid. Um. Another thing, too, is, like I said earlier, when you're just go, go, go all the time, you forget to be kind to yourself and to, like, give yourself grace. And I've been saying that a lot lately. Like, I need to give myself grace. Mm -hmm. I need to allow myself to, like, make mistakes. And I need to be okay with that. I need to allow myself to not hit my goals all the time. That's That's not possible. I write out a lot of goals for myself, like, literally daily like a crazy person (laughs) but I mean you're not gonna hit them all every single day and that's fine you're gonna have a bad day when you've gone through traumatic experiences in your life you're gonna have a bad day like 
last weekend, I literally had to remind myself to give myself grace because I almost started crying in the middle of a Walmart because I had to pick out a storage bin to put some of my mom's stuff in. Mm-hmm. And while that, I, it's been like five and a half-ish years without my mom, like, and any other day would be fine, but that day I was not, I was like upset. I have to give myself grace. Like, I have to be kind to myself. Yeah. And that's hard. Whether you've gone through something traumatic or you're just not feeling okay. Like, what people have gone through is no compa- – like, you can't compare your emotions to someone who's gone through something really traumatic. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if it's two feet of water or 20 feet of water. Like, you know, someone's going to you – know, the trauma is the same, in my opinion. Like, you don't understand the difference, but, like, you can't compare your feelings to somebody else. You just have to recognize that, like, give them grace and give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you don't know what people have been through, mm-hmm. and neither is it really any of your business. Yeah. Like, just be kind. Have some empathy. Like, don't treat people poorly. Um, and because you never, ever, ever know what somebody's going through. Mm-hmm. And so, like, cry in the middle of a Walmart if you have to like (laughs) you know take the time that you need for yourself and do what you need to do because like at the end of the day you're the only one who can take care of your own mental health and so I I just think it's really important for people to recognize that like regardless of the situation Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like what somebody's going through just have some empathy like for yourself too. For yourself, for other people, you know, like it's I I am notorious for like when I get irritable or, you know, angry or whatever, like I have to take a step back and like watch how I treat other people because I tend to like take things out mm-hmm. on others when that's not the reason at all. Like it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's literally just myself. And so like that's something like I need to take a step back, like, you know, projection projection is such a real thing for so Mm -hmm. many people and like when other people are dealing with their own like mental health stuff that can like express in the way that they're treating other people too and Mm -hmm. so um I think just like the more grace and empathy that we have for each other for ourselves I just think the world would be like a much happier and hunky-dory place I agree (laughs) truth you know um yeah I think all of that are good things do you have any last words about resources for somebody who's struggling? Um, obviously, you know, regardless of where you are, um, I I would recommend to anyone, you know, if you can, try seeing either someone at a clinic or a PCP or something like that. Like, community resources are really great for a lot of people. And so that's, I think, you know, the more involved with the community you get I think the better um NAMI is one of my favorite resources so NAMI New Hampshire has a chapter there's a NAMI national um and each state has a chapter and um it's you know NAMI is a national alliance on mental illness and they have a lot of peer support resources and they do a lot of fundraising for mental health advocacy um they do programs um they have the in our own voice program where people go around and share their story about mental health um, they have it's your move um, legislation so and like advocacy training so you can become a legislative advocate or just have a better understanding of what the legislation looks like in your state which I think is important to know um, because 
the more resources that you know you have available to yourself, the better. Um, you can also reach out, you know, if, if you're ever, ever having any suicidal thoughts, um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 988. Um, so that is always a good thing to reach out to. And, you know, you don't, I, I always like to remind people, you do not have to be actively trying to harm yourself to call 988. They have great resources that you can call. Um, I know in New Hampshire, there's also the New Hampshire um, Rapid Life, the, the crisis line. So um, I'm not sure how that looks like in other states, but I know specifically in New Hampshire, there's the, the crisis line that you can call. But um, even 988, you know, they can connect you elsewhere if they feel like you would be better um, helped with a different resource. So there are plenty of resources to reach out to um, if you're ever struggling with your mental health, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but I always just recommend reach out because you don't want to hit rock bottom. Like mm-hmm. rock bottom's no fun to be at. Um, and so I, I just encourage anybody to, to reach out. And even if you're not necessarily like dealing with a, a mental health condition, that's like, you know, debilitating on a daily basis, like that's preventing you from, you know, living the life that you want to be living. I think that counseling, if you have the opportunity to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you, if you have the opportunity to seek a counselor for whatever reason, I just think it's nice to get a different perspective. Um, I think, you know, especially in today's society, a lot of people deal with stress, like workplace stress, family stress. You know, a lot of people are dealing with trauma, um, whatever that looks like for them. And so just having a different perspective, like an unbiased viewpoint of someone who can maybe help you navigate some of those feelings is also a, a great place to start. So. I love that. And very helpful information. I think this was extremely beneficial, not only because I finally got to have you on the podcast, but also because we touched on a lot of important things that require uncomfortable conversations but we're gonna do it anyway yeah. because we're adults now mm-hmm. we're learning to be comfortable in the uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you know I, I the more we talk about it the more the easier it's gonna be for everybody else you know I I want to start the conversation and, and keep the conversation going so that more people want to talk about it because there is still such a stigma surrounding mental health and I do think that we as a society and especially our generation and the generation below us, they, you know, we've really taken on to speaking about mental health and the importance of it. Um, but there really is still such a, such a stigma surrounding it. And so I just think the more we talk about it and the more kind of normal we make it Mm -hmm. because one in five people have a diagnosable mental health condition, that's 25% or -hmm. or 20% of our population. It really is closer to actually 20, 20%, uh, 25%. Um, the statistics say one in five, some say one in four. So it really is dependent. But, um, you know, with, with that many people having a diagnosable mental health condition, we should be talking about it and making it more normalized so that more people can get help. Mm-hmm. I agree. Open the conversation. Talk to your friends. Check in on your friends and yourself. Mm-hmm. And this isn't sponsored, but you should download Finch. I agree. The app. We love you, Finch. We do. I love my bird. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and for Sarah for providing your insight on 
the topics that you're so knowledgeable about. It's mm-hmm. been very helpful and be- very beneficial. So thanks for having me. Of this course. Great. We will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media platform you're using, and tag me on Instagram at Mackenzie Howe NH. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Send me requests on things you want me to talk about in the upcoming episodes, and I can't wait to see you soon. Bye!